0: Visit OpenBibleNJ.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service.
1: All right, open your Bibles, if you would, to the book of Ephesians. Join me there, Ephesians chapter 4. And, uh, and just, just, just stay there for a moment. We're going to visit that text, Ephesians 4. We're going to visit that um, in a moment I want us to uh, take a look tonight I want to discuss tonight another emotion now we're just going to introduce it. We'll spend a little time on it and come back and, and work it out next week okay so it's in fact uh, we're not even gonna do that next week we have grief share so this will be kinda of, gonna to have to wait for two weeks and we'll come back to this study but there's no way to finish it up tonight it's just too much information uh, but I do want to introduce it uh, there's a Bible verse in the book of Genesis, don't, don't turn there. I think I, I think I have this working. In Genesis, um, chapter number um, 4 and verse number 6, where the Lord himself asks this question, why are you so angry? <laughs> why are you so angry? Now, you, you, know the, you know the story, right? He's speaking to Cain, uh, had a brother named Abel, and, uh, you know, you can, read, you can read for yourself in the book of Genesis chapter 4 of the situation that arises, but, but Cain got wroth. The Bible uses the word wrath. you know, and he kills his brother. And when you, when you look at it, you know, I, I, can just, I can just hear the Lord saying to Cain, you know, why are you so frustrated? It's all over your face. Right? Did you see that where he says, and why is thy countenance fallen? Why are you angry? It's, 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 it's all over you. I can see it. Huh? Let's make this personal. Let me ask you, have you ever, and you don't have to say anything, have you ever been angry? <clears throat> I mean angry? Really angry? Have you ever, have you ever, seen somebody really angry has anybody been really (laughs) angry at you nobody said anything you just "Mm." (laughs) have you ever witnessed anger in action have you Hmm? so how would you in your own words how would you define anger how would you define anger if you had to, de- you, know, if you, you know, if I said, come on up here and tell us a little bit of that. Well, how would you define anger, John? Energy. energy. Oh, that's good. I wouldn't have used that, but that's a good word. It is energy, isn't it? It's wasted energy <laughs> for the most part, but it, it's, that's good. I like that. How would you define anger? Uncontrollable. I'm sorry? Un- yeah, that's good. Uncontrollable. So emotion out of control. evil emotions right yeah good yeah for sure say it again losing your mind anger so when the Lord says to Cain and you know why he says this why are you so angry what was the implication there say it again No who? No tolerance. tolerance. Say it again. Cain had lost control, right? So we're on the same page talking about anger, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, I want to deal with it for 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 just a little bit tonight, and then we'll we'll pick it up again uh, next week. But I think you're aware of this, and let me just let me lay a foundation, okay? And then we're going to dig into this text. Uh, We live in an angry world, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, just last week, I was, I was tying my shoes. I was listening to the, the early morning news. I was tying my shoes, and I wasn't really paying attention. But mentally, I was thinking about where I was going with this Bible study. And all of a sudden, I hear the TV anchor doing a segment on anger. And all, I popped my head up, and I said, I better listen to this. This might be something good. And here's what he said in the in this segment. A, a poll, I don't know how many people Hold, but uh, across the nation, here's the statistic, a recent survey found that 90% of Americans are angry every day. I think all of them live between Washington and Baltimore, uh, Washington and Boston. <laughs> they all live right here in the Northeast, right? Uh, you know, a third of the nation's population, did you know that? A third of the nation's population lives between Washington and Boston. You know how many people that is? How many? It's over 100 million people. Over 100 million people live between Washington, D.C. and Boston, Massachusetts. Isn't that unbelievable? Huh? And I think this, I think probably 50 million of them live right here in <laughs> South Jersey. <laughs> you know, where you try to go, man, it's just crowded, right? But 90% of Americans, so listen, uh, many of them, uh, pay attention right here, many of them wake up angry, And go to bed angry and then and then live angry lives all day long right and and isn't it true it doesn't take much these days to just just tip somebody off you really need to be careful huh right driving or you know you bump somebody in line at the shop right or you never know right you know right uh, so you gotta, You just got to watch yourself. Uh, nonetheless, you know, we live in, in, this, in this angry world. And we have to deal with it as well. So let's look at the foundation here. Look at this text of Scripture in Ephesians chapter number 4. And I want to read just a little bit, beginning in verse number 17. I'm going to pick through it and get to where I want to be, okay? Everybody there? Ephesians 4, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. So now pick that up, let that sink in for a second. Uh, Paul's kind of going to make somewhat of a contrast, right? He says that you, you shouldn't be walking this way, having, uh, having uh, the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through ignorance. You get, you get where he's at here? jump on down with me. He says in verse number uh, 20, but ye have not so learned Christ, if so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. And then he says verse 22, that ye put off concerning the former conversation. What's that word conversation mean there? Any idea? Lifestyle, right? So, He begins the the segment of discussion speaking to the church in Ephesus saying this, that prayerfully you have put off, now that you're in Christ, you have put off that old way of life. You're no longer behaving yourself like you used to behave yourself, because your beliefs should influence, pay attention right now, your behavior. Say that with me. My beliefs should influence my behavior. That's what Paul's saying. I once was, but now, Ephesians chapter number 2, but now I am, and everything's changed. I once was alienated. I once lived according to the lust of the flesh. I once, but after I met Jesus, everything changed, is what Paul is saying here in this text. Uh, Read on down with me. He says this in verse 24, And that ye put on the new man, which is after God, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, putting away, now look at the list. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Verse 26, be angry, be angry and sin not, let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Look at verse 26 again. I want you to say it with me, be angry, but sin not. Say it, be angry, but sin not. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm angry, but I'm not going to (laughs) sin. Be angry and sin not. That next verse is key. Neither give place to the devil. Right? Are you with me? Verse 28, let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor. So he's talking about this change of behavior. Then go down, if you would, verse 30. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you're sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness... Now look at this list. You got, you got your fingers loose? You got your fingers? Get your fingers out. Go like this. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. How many, how many did he list? Six. If you went any longer, we'd have to take our shoes off, <laughs> right? And so, now get this: Paul is speaking here about the influence of Christ in a believer's life, right? If we were to study out Je- uh, Ephesians chapter number four, I can I can show you, in just a couple of verses we've read, we we can pick up, right, the idea. Uh, And what he's saying is basically this. The influence of Christ in your life, my life, our life, will change everything, get this, over time and with cooperation. Write that down. If you're taking notes, don't miss that. It will not happen yesterday. It will not happen overnight. The influence of Christ in a person's life happens over time and with cooperation. Whose cooperation? (laughs) Mine, right? I have to cooperate. I got to obey. I have to surrender. I have to submit. I have to yield for the influence of Christ to really do in me what it can do in me, right? And this influence, Paul says, affects how we think, how we speak, how we behave. Say amen, church. Huh? I can turn the air conditions up if you want. I'll keep you, I'll keep you alert. And here's where I want to get to. Everything I just said will help us handle the things that have power in handling us. right? Last week we spoke about fear, coming under the bondage of fear. God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, sound mind. But sometimes if we're not careful, right, we can, we can become like Adam and Eve. We're afraid. Now we're hiding from God. So how do we overcome? We talked to, give a few tips last time. Well, when it comes to anger, it's an emotion that God has placed within us, but if we're not careful that anger can really control us and get us in a heap of trouble, right? You've heard that word, a heap of trouble, a heap of trouble. So let's, let's dig into this text, and I want you to see something. According to verse number 26, there appears to be, it appears as if God is giving us, He's granting us permission to get mad. Did you see it? Look at it again. Tell me if I'm wrong. Be ye angry. You know what some, some have commented? Some have said that's almost, that's a command from God. Go ahead and get angry. Be angry, but don't sin, right? It's almost like God's granting us permission. Now, you know this. I just mentioned this, and you already knew it. God has placed within us at birth the emotion, the feeling of anger. It's there. It's a God-given emotion. Uh, And here, God is saying that you can go ahead and use that emotion. I didn't give it to you for a bad reason. I gave it to you for a good reason. Did you ever hear anybody say this? This is an old saying. Years ago, I'd hear it a lot. People would say, I'm good and mad. Mm -hmm. Some would say, that's an oxymoron. You're good and mad? (laughs) I'm good and mad. But you know, according to that verse, you can be good and mad? Mm -hmm. It's almost kind of like fire. Fire has potential to be a great blessing. It warms our homes. Or potential to be a great destroyer. It can burn down our homes. Right? God says in this text go ahead and get mad. In fact, on several occasions in the New Testament, you find Jesus mad. Jesus, your Savior, my Savior, our Savior, got angry. You say, no, he didn't. Well, then you've never read your Bible. He did. Look at this text of Scripture, Mark 3. And when he had looked round about on them with anger, with anger, being grieved for the hardness of their hearts, he saith unto the man, stretch forth thy hand. He stretched it out, and his hand was restored, whole as the other. Now, I I promise you, I can take you to several other places in the New Testament where our Savior Jesus expresses the emotion of anger. But I would say this, I would say this, and I think you'd agree, there there was no flaw, no sin, no wrong in Jesus at all. He was impeccable. And so, when Jesus is expressing anger here, it's got to be the kind of anger that is condoned by heaven, right? So what's the difference? You know, I get angry, and, you know, driving down the road, guy cuts me off, and man, I'm, you know, I'm frickety, frackety frickity frackety I'm all bent out of shape. I'm ready to drive up behind him and give him a piece of my mind. And, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit says, are, are, are you finished yet? Did that feel good? If you go any further, you might get shot. Do you forget that you're the pastor of Open Bible Baptist Church? And that was a deacon that just cut you off? <laughs> you know how many people tell me, Pastor, I was waving to you, driving down the road. You know, I think, i seen, who did I see the other day? Oh, i seen Isaac. I happened to be at the red light. I, I, I wasn't doing anything wrong. I was just sitting there meditating, and I happened to look over, and here he is looking at me. His wife told me she'd seen me up the other road. Man, I'm all over the place. So I gotta really be careful when I'm driving. You know? But what's the difference between, you know, anger that you and I might express and, and this anger here? Uh, let me let me just point out a couple of things as to why this was not sinful. First of all, in this text, Jesus' anger was not personal. You ought to write that down. It was not personal. Uh, he did not direct his anger at a person. He directed his anger at a problem. Hmm? I'm going to go someplace with that. It wasn't personal. Uh, it's not vengeful. Not at all. In fact, uh, he, he's, looking, he, he's looking to heal this fella, right? Right? Now, In fact, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter number 10 that vengeance belongs to... So Jesus is angry, but it's not sinful because it's not personal, it's not directed. His anger isn't directed at a person, and nor is he bringing up something that's been hidden in his heart that he's just trying to get even. And it's not continual. It's not continual because after he does what he does... It's over. You do not bring it up again. It's kind of like the fellow who said to his buddy at work, man, did my wife get, we had an argument and she got historical this morning. And the guy said, you mean historical? He said, no, historical. Every time we have an argument, she just keeps bringing up the past. <laughs> Ever happened to you? Huh? And you say, I thought, I thought we got past that. I thought you said we were good with that. And why do you keep bringing it up? Because it's right here. It's right here. Huh? And all it takes is just, <laughs> I'm just waiting for that. Hello? Not in Jesus' case. In fact, are you aware of this? At least 18 times in the Old Testament, we read that God was angry. God Himself, angry. And so there's a type of anger that's without sin. And I hate to use this word, but I'm at a loss for words. Condoned by God. It's a good anger. Be angry. But don't let that anger cause you to sin. You say, Preacher, what? <laughs> give, me, give me an illustration, give me an example of good anger. All right, here, let me give you a couple of examples. I think you know what I'm talking about, but let me share them anyway. Hollywood despics Jesus in an immoral way. You ought to get good and mad. Huh? Right? What do you think? Uh, The government imposes its control upon New Testament churches. You ought to get good and mad. You say, that'll never happen. Where have you been in the last couple years? Especially here in New Jersey. Huh? I was pastoring in Florida during that time Could not believe I could not believe I just could not believe what was happening here Couldn't believe it ah, I didn't have a problem believing what they did in Canada Because that's Canada You know what they did in Canada right They were arresting preachers Putting padlocks on church doors I mean it was bad in Canada I know what they did here in New Jersey Our brother right around the corner Is still fighting a lawsuit Right You ought to get good and mad why? Because the government is imposing its control upon God's church. That's good anger. Now, we're not going to run down to the White House this upcoming January with assault weapons and break in and hurt people. That's sinful anger. In fact, I got another word for that. It's insanity. People are Insane. That's not the way we're to behave. By the way, by the way, there were a number of Christian people, <laughs> preachers, in that crowd last January 6th. Huh? Right? And so we, you know, we get our signs made up, and we're going to walk up and down Black Horse Bank. We're going to stop traffic. We're going to make a ruckus for, what, a day? And then people say, where'd they come from? Open Bible and never going to go to that church. Those people are crazy over there. Wouldn't it be better for us just to get some gospel tracks and live Christianity every day of our lives and try to affect people, impact people, influence people that way? Huh? I think so. Someone twists the facts of the gospel. We ought to get good and mad. We ought to get good and mad. See, that's be angry and sin not. In fact, Henry Beecher said this. I like this statement. He said, A man who does not know how to be angry does not know how to be good. Hmm? Amen? Now that's <clears throat> that's anger permitted. But I, I know I know what you want. you want. You want me to talk about the anger that we deal with every day. <laughs> you want the meat. You want the right? Huh? You want the other stuff. Uh, l- look, at, look at the anger that is prohibited. He says in verse 31, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking uh, be put away uh, from you with all malice. You see that? Huh? So that's the stuff we deal with. So let's briefly, I got about five minutes. Let's briefly go down this list, Okay? And then, I promise you, next time, we'll dig into, so what do we do to control this, right? And there's a number of Bible principles that we'll, we'll share, we'll talk about, that I think will help us. Uh, let, let's talk about this. Let's talk first about bitterness. And by the way, you know, we can spend an hour on each one of these, right? But I won't. I won't, not with this crowd, because we, you know, this, this is core. You pretty much know where, where we're at with this, but bitterness. Uh, Bitterness. Uh, I put a definition for each one of these things. Uh, that inner, now listen to this, inner settled hostility. The biggest word there, I don't think you can see it. Maybe you can, let's see. Yeah, there you go. See that word? Settled. 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 Where did it come from? Well, probably I could say this about each one of these because they just build each one of these, probably you were done wrong. Somebody, now pay attention right here, somebody did you wrong or you thought somebody did you wrong. Right? And you didn't get over it. You didn't deal with it. You didn't process it. And what happens, if you're not careful, it just starts to eat away at you and it becomes settled. It's settled. Huh? So preacher, how can I tell if I have something settled? It just keeps coming up, right? You, you hear that person's name. You see that person's face. Something, there's a trigger. Whatever they did to you, somebody says, guess what happened to me? All of a sudden, bang, same thing. Triggered, what happens? Now, man, man it's just, hello? You can almost taste it. You know what the, the wise man probably, you know what he said about bitterness? He said this about bitterness. It, it'll, it'll eat at your bones. It will just, it's an, it's an in internal disease, bitterness. Uh, the next word on the list is wrath. Wrath. That word wrath means to just burn. <laughs> did, you ever, did you ever hear somebody say, I'm just burning up? Huh? I'm just you know, we joke sometimes about man he's got steam coming out of his ears. I was gonna get the emoji, you know, that with this blowing smoke out the side of the ears there. Just I mean that just Huh? Now be honest with yourself, it doesn't matter to me. Be honest with yourself. Have you ever gotten there? Have you ever gotten there? I tell you it's not a good place to stay because wrath. Now, pay attention here. Wrath is what happens on the inside. The next word, anger, is what happens on the outside. So, when you have wrath burning on the inside, anger is that expression on the outside. And that's what we see. Uh, we see that burning you know, inside that begins to flare up on the outside. That's what you see all over society today it's everywhere huh and then he's got that word clamor right loud quarreling it means to yell we would say this what are you what are you you yelling for huh do you know some people they're just yellers i've had staff members in my past that i used to have a nickname for my and i would even say it to their face you know you remind me of old yeller I mean, they just yelled at everything. I had a youth pastor. All he did, all he used to do was just yell. You know, if he's seen kids, it's man, just calm down. He's yelling. Huh? Clamor. That's what that means. It means to yell, holler, begin to raise our voice. Huh? Did you ever get into a situation and they begin to raise their voice? My kids used to say to me, I'd say this, I'd say this to my, one of my daughters and my son. Hey, 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 pay, pay attention. And they'd say, Dad, what are you yelling for? I'm not yelling. It's just that tone. You know that tone? And I have, I have that tone, you know. I <laughs> frighten myself sometimes. You know, I got that tone, you know. What are you yelling for? I'm not yelling. I'm just trying to get your attention. I'm trying to tell you I'm serious about this. Right? Stop eating my peanut butter cups. I'm serious. <laughs> And then the next word, evil speaking. Evil speaking. And that's that's, bland, that's that's gossip. You see it. So now we, you know, where did it begin? It began with that settled, that settled hostility. It's just there. That's why it begins with let all bitterness. And it just builds. Do you ever get around somebody and it doesn't take long for that conversation to come up again? Huh? I got, I got some friends that um, came to me and shared some things with me, and, and, and they were done wrong. You know, and they said, what do you think I ought to do? And I counseled them through it. Well, the next time they, we get to talking, guess what comes up? That same thing. And the next time, and then the person says to me, hey, guess what? I, I went to that person, dealt with it, it's done. Well, the next time I talk with them, I'm talking about it again. <laughs> and it doesn't take long in the conversation before it goes right back to that scenario. Well, what's that tell you? You're still, you're still hanging on to this thing. Help me here. Just still hold on to that. And the first chance you get, and when you're still, when it's still burning inside of you, guess what I'm going to try to do, Dave? I'm going to try to turn you against her. Because I got issues with her. I, I don't. <laughs> you don't know want you to think I do. But I'm going to try to get you on my side because, hello, happens in churches all the time, happens in families all the time. I come from, We're talking today, right? I come from an Italian family. Huh? You know what they did at family dinner? They sat around and talked about everybody that wasn't there. <laughs> you know what they did at funerals? They would sit there and watch people coming in, and, 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 and one lady would say to the other, like, would you look at the dress she's got on? <gasps> I can't believe she showed up. You've got to be She's here? <gasps> she's got nerve. Yeah. So i got to fight against that, because every time I see you come in, I keep thinking, I can't believe he's wearing that shirt. (laughs) Here's another one, last one, and we'll get out of here. Look at this. Malice. Did you see that? You've heard about malice before, right? Malice is when everything just turns evil. And usually it's used when something dreadfully physical has occurred. Right? So Paul says this to the church in Ephesus. He, he said, you know, you got, you got to put off that old man. And then he begins because, I mean, I tell you, he, he's just on point. He's dealing with each line item because he, he wanted them to know what he was talking about. Right? And I think the, the whole idea is brought back to verse 27. Can we close with verse 27? He said, neither give place to the devil huh right don't give place don't 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 open the door make sure there's not a crack and that's why he says this and this is discussion for next time But in that text of scripture uh, where he says let not the sun go down upon your wrath neither give place to the devil huh can I can I give you something to leave with Do you know when you're most vulnerable? When you're asleep? And you know what most most preachers have done with verse number 25 and 26? They've counseled husbands and wives, 26, 27, not to go to sleep angry at each other. Why? Because that's when you're most most vulnerable. Huh? Huh? And, and spiritual wickedness in high places were given place to the devil. Did you ever wake up madder than before you went to bed? Subconsciously, you dwelt with it all night? Huh? I can't believe she ate that last Twinkie? I can't believe you're ready to wake up and murder somebody? It's amazing what anger can do. We've got to stop right there. We'll pick it up again next time, okay? You doing all right? Am I okay talking about this stuff? You sure? All right, good. These things that have a tendency to handle us, right? But they don't have to if we learn how to handle it. Well, let's pray. Father, thank you for the opportunity we had to gather tonight, open up the scriptures, and talk about uh, emotion—the emotion of anger. We all deal with it. Help us to be able to handle it so it doesn't handle us and cause us to maybe lose our testimony or maybe even worse, do things that we, we, we'll, we'll just regret. God, help us to be more spiritual than that, we pray. Give us safety as we dismiss from the property, get us to our destination safely, and give us a great end to the week, praying for a great day on Saturday as we go out into our community and share the gospel and invite folk to fall festival, and then great services on the Lord's Day, we pray. In Jesus' name, And amen. Praise the Lord. You are dismissed. Have a great night, church.
0: Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcasts or Google Play Store.